You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, last week, if you're with us, we jumped ahead in our series. Uh, We are studying the book of Mark for the year 2020, and we've been tracking through. We made it through the first eight chapters, and now we've skipped ahead to chapter 13. We know God's Word is always timely, and we, we practice expository preaching primarily here at the Gateway Church, and today is going to be continuation in the series where we are asking the question, is this the end? In Mark chapter 13, shed some light on that. But the, with the question we've been asking, and maybe you've been asking, is in this season, is this the end? Are we in the end times? And really, you say, well, why are we talking about this? Why did you jump ahead in Scripture? Well, really, it was a Holy Spirit prompting. Uh, really, as I was looking at the fall and praying, I really felt like the Lord said, skip ahead. I was reading through the rest of Mark, and I'm like, man, Mark 13 talks about the end times. People are asking, in this season of COVID, or this season of trials and tribulation, or this season of elections, or this season of racial tension, or you put in, you, know, you fill in the blank, uh, this, there's, it seems like there's uncertainty everywhere, and that is why we jumped ahead and we said, let's answer this question, is this the end? Are we living in the end times and what would that look like? The other reason we would take time out of our schedules to talk about the end times is because when you talk about the end times, it really brings us back to the core of why we exist as a church. We exist to reach one more person. And these messages all are going to funnel us to the point saying, hey, who should we be telling about Jesus? And so we last week in our introduction, we answered on a kind of a broad sense, is this the end? And we said, yes, the end is near. We believe that we're living in the end times. We believe that Jesus is coming soon. And as we continue in the series, we believe it's important as we study prophetic scripture that our study must always lead back to Jesus. This is a key component. If it leads anywhere else, we've missed the point. And so, Lord, help us today and over these next several weeks to do that. But I want to pause because when we talk about end-time doctrine or end-time theology, it can often be misunderstood, there can be controversy, there can be some debate. And I like to break doctrine down into two categories. One is the essential doctrines. That's that there's one true God, that Jesus is God, the virgin birth, the blood of Jesus, right, the Trinity, those types of things. And when it comes to the essential doctrines, those are things as the Gateway Church, and for me personally, I would die for those truths. I, we're going to lay those things down. We're going we're gonna to fight for those, so to speak. But there are also some non-essential doctrines, which I would include end time, or the technical term is eschatology. When we look at uh, eschatology or prophetic scripture, we are not going to fight about those topics. We do not break fellowship 
over the non-essentials. Now, we're not afraid to talk about those, and we're going to be talking about these things. But that being said, we know that confidence comes from Scripture, right? From God's Word. And so we're going to always try to bring it back. And when people say, well, I don't believe in the rapture, or I don't, you know, believe in those that are, that are setting dates or seasons saying, hey, the Lord's returning, or I don't believe those end-time preachers on TV that are kind of extreme, or I don't always agree with the latest book or resource that comes out about the election or about blood moons or whatever the theory or the conspiracy might be. And so what do you do when, when we see a, a whole variety of ideas of ways to answer, is this the end? The, I want you to be encouraged, and I've been encouraged, that there are some things that we can know. And it always has to come back to Scripture and that's where we're going to keep our focus. Now, my, I do have some opinions around some of the end time things. In fact, even at today's, at the, towards the end of the message, I'll talk about some of the things I believe that aren't necessarily, you know, 100%. It, it's hard to support with, uh, with 100% certainty. But there are some things that we can know. And that's what we're going to try to focus on, Scripture being the key. And the idea with Scripture is that it always brings hope, right? And the enemy, he's attacking our hope. He's attacking us. He would love for you to be fearful when you ask the question, is this the end? But I just want to remind you in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you, or that in me, you may have peace. Everyone say, peace, right? In the overflow, let me hear you say, peace. And there's a delay, about five seconds. I can't hear you. Uh, but that's okay. Next time, a little louder, right? But it says, I have peace. And in the, this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And so with that in mind, let's dive in. Let's look at Mark 13 and uh, see what it has for us today. The last week, we looked at the first 13 verses. And it really took a picture from the past when Jesus lived to present day. And it said in those 13 verses that there would be wars Rumors of wars, famine, and then we talked about the, the five D's, right? Deception and that there would be distress and there would be destruction. There would be birth pains, right? And that those birth pains would increase in intensity and in frequency. And the other thing I didn't say last week, but let's just be uh, truthful here. God's Word says that there will be a massive coming back to Jesus. Now, there will be those that will fall away, but there will be those that will come and to follow Jesus in the end times. Now, let's pick it up in verse 14. So we kind of got through the verse, verse 13, and in verse 14, it says this, but when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Isn't that just an incredibly encouraging verse? Just makes your head spin, right? It says the title, The Abomination of Desolation. That's what this whole next section is about. And I'm thinking, man, uh, that's talking about the tribulation, the seven-year period of time filled with unimaginable terror. We see the tribulation described in Mark 13, Luke 21, Matthew 24, in Revelation, in parts of Daniel and Ezekiel. And, and what happens in the book of Mark is the mood really changes. 
And remember last week when I told you about studying prophetic scripture, I've kind of, I, well, I said last week, I am certainly not an expert, and I have avoided the topic. I haven't really ever preached through Revelation, which we're not doing. We're preaching through Mark, but uh, I've not really focused on a lot of those verses. And today, in true form, we're going to skip this topic, the abomination of desolation, for at least another week. Is that okay with you? You say, well, Pastor, what are you doing? Well, I want you to see something. Between verse 13 and verse 14... There is the white space. And in the book of Mark, it doesn't address it, but there are other scriptures that talk about an event that will happen. And I believe before we tackle the tribulation, we need to address the rapture. And the rapture is a global, church-wide event across the entire globe. It's the gathering of the saints, both those that are dead and both those that are alive. They'll be gathered up to meet with the Lord. That's what Scripture says, and we're going to see that in a moment. But I wanted to share with you one of my early memories of learning about the rapture. I showed up to youth camp, and youth camp is supposed to be fun and not terrorizing, but uh, the first night is always salvation night, right? You know, like, you know, we want to get all the kids saved. And I was a junior hire, and I'm in camp, and I remember the speaker. His name is Reggie Dabbs. He's still actually a, a speaker nationally and, and will uh, speak at times. And, but Reggie Dabbs was talking, and he's talking about salvation, and he's talking about the rapture, which I don't know why at camp he'd be talking about that, but he was. And he had this little clock, a countdown clock, and he said that the Lord had told him that when that clock got to zero, that the rapture was going to happen, and that those that knew Jesus were going to be caught up with Jesus and be taken to heaven, and those that weren't were going to be left behind. And... I, if I remember right, it was about a 12-minute countdown clock. And the, the clock just kept ticking. And he kept on speaking and encouraging people, if you don't know Jesus, this is your time. You do not want to miss it. And when he got close within the last minute, he said, let's just bow our heads. Let's just prepare. And I bow my head, and my heart is pounding out of my chest, thinking, what in the world is happening here and it comes down to the last 10 seconds, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And all the friends around me all jump out of their seats, literally. And they're like, woo, like rapture practice. And I'm sitting there with my head down, and I might have dribbled. No, I'm just saying. I mean, I don't remember, but I'm telling you, I, I had a, a moment with the Lord saying, Lord, I do not want to miss this. And then he went on and say, you know, in his message that you, no one knows the day or the hour, I said, I wish you would have started with that, that illustration. Uh, I, I ended up giving my heart to Jesus that night, felt called to ministry that night to preach, and it was awesome. But anyway, uh, but that was my first, kind of one of my first memories talking about the rapture. Now, we don't want to scare anyone today, and uh, that is certainly not our heart. In fact, when we look at the, the question, is this the end, as we get back on track, we've already said, yes, the end is near. We're living in the end times. And last week, if you weren't here, you ought to listen to the message because we kind of talk about that. And then the next thing on the church calendar or the church events, things that have been prophesied, the, the next big thing is the rapture of the church. Now the question is, is the rapture found in the Bible? It's a good question. 
And I want to challenge you that the short answer, I believe, is yes, but it's not necessarily just straight up. It's not plainly seen. And so let me show you where those that believe in the rapture, where they get their thoughts from and track with me. I hope you have an open heart in this season to learn. In the Greek, there's a word called harpazo. I think is how you say it, H-A-R-P-A-Z-O. And it means to be caught up, to be snatched away, or to be taken away by force. When you translate that into the Latin, the Latin word is rapturo, where, and then, of course, the connection for us is to be called the rapture. Now, there, it's interesting. There are examples of people being caught up in Scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, two examples that you might remember if you've read through Scripture are Enoch got caught up and Elisha, or Elijah, I'm sorry, got caught up, right? They were taken to be with Jesus. In the New Testament, we see Philip the, and the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch, there was that word used there. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, was kind of caught up in the presence of God. And then even Jesus himself was caught up in Acts chapter 9, or I'm sorry, Acts 1, 9 through 11. Now, there's a question about the rapture. Where do we see the, these words, right, the rapturo or the, the harpazo, right, in regards to the return of Jesus. And that's where our attention is turned. Not, it's away from Mark. There's, it's in the white space, right? But it, away from Mark, but to 1 Thessalonians. It's a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. And it, from what I understand from Scripture uh, in my history, is that Paul had spent some time in Thessalonica preaching and teaching for two to three weeks. And certainly it would have been like a beginner's uh, or a believer's training academy. And he would have covered end time types of thoughts and conversations. He would have talked about the rapture. And he would have taught at that, and then he went away. And now, in the history here, what, what the church in Thessalonica, they're asking, there are people that were expecting the return of the Lord for Jesus to come back, and people were dying, and they're saying, hey, what about the people that have died? Have we missed the rapture? Because they thought they wouldn't even, none of them would pass before the rapture happened. And so Paul is writing to the church. People were dying. They're wondering, did they miss it? And that's where we pick it up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Watch this. It says, but we do not know, or I'm sorry, but we do not want you to, to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So he's answering that question. For this we declare to you by the word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord will... He will descend from heaven with a cry of the command, with a voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will be left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with Him. Therefore, and I love this, therefore encourage one another 
with these words. In other words, if you want to be encouraging to your uh, spouse or encouraging to your family members, encouraging to the ones that you rub shoulders with, talk about the rapture. Have a little rapture practice, and uh, that'll really encourage them. That's what it says. But anyway, let's look at this. Verse 13 it's talking about those who had fallen asleep. That means they died, right? And, he, and Paul is trying to bring some hope, saying, look, there's hope for those who pass before the rapture of Jesus. And then in verse 14, he brings it back to Jesus. This is really important. This is our foundation for the idea of the rapture, for those that are dead and alive. And it says in verse 14, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So again, they start here with Jesus. He died and rose again. Now, if you're following along, taking notes, I want you to mark down, it's not on the screen, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In fact, in my Bible, I've wrote that down in the side margin here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It provides the base for us, but there are some other verses in smaller sections uh, that we can look at as well in regards to what Jesus has done for us. Look at them. John 14 verse 19 says, Because I live, this is Jesus talking, you also will live. I love that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by His power. Isn't that good news? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. Knowing that He who raised the Lord, Jesus, will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into His presence. By putting your faith in Jesus, who died and who is now resurrected, and we believe that. That's a, an essential doctrine. We would die for that thought. We're going to fight for that one. But because of that, now Jesus and his resurrection becomes our future, so to speak. We will be resurrected as well. Let's continue. Verse 15, it says, it's really a word from the Lord. I love this. Jesus had alluded to the disciples, but I believe Jesus and Paul had discussions. He had told them straight up that this is what he should teach. And Paul believed that he was in the last days, that he would be caught up. Look what it says. Verse 15, for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. So the Lord had spoke to Paul about this, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who had fallen asleep. Again, I believe Paul lived, especially when you study his intensity and his encouragement, uh, and just his tenacity to spread the gospel. I believe that Paul believed that he would be raptured and that he would not go by the grave. Uh, and I hope that I'm part of that generation. Because according to Scripture, church, there will be a generation that will not die. But otherwise, will be caught up. You say, how in the world will that happen? Verse 16, for the Lord, he will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel, arch, archangel excuse me, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. This is exciting. This is incredible. This is Jesus coming for his bride. This is him escorting us into heaven. 
And it talks about the voice of the archangel. Uh, most commentators believe that that would be Michael, the, one of the head angels. There would be a cry, a loud command, bringing people to attention, even those out of the grave, right? There would be a trumpet call, kind of this call to battle. And I took a deep dive and study. I'm not going to spend the time now. But there are seven festivals in the Jewish culture, and uh, four of those have already happened from a worldwide, a global uh, time frame. Uh, that Jesus has fulfilled. The very next festival in the calendar is the festival or the, the Feast of Trumpets. And when Jesus comes, they believe, there are some that believe it'll be around the Feast of Trumpets. It's very enlightening, very interesting to study. But the idea is that the dead in Christ would rise first. Everybody in the graves will be risen. Spirit and body will be reunited in the, in the air and head to heaven. It's an incredible idea. And then look at verse 17. It says, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up. That's the word there, raptured or harpazo, would be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. There will be this meeting in the clouds caught up, raptured, in an instant, seeing loved ones that had passed, seeing the Lord in the air. Also in the, uh, in the margins of your book where you're taking notes, I want you to write down 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. It says this, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Every single one of us, right, that give our hearts to the Lord. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, there's that trumpet again, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. That's the first. And, and then within a split second behind that, we shall all be changed. So those that are living will be caught up as well. You say, why is it all so sneaky? Why does it have to happen so suddenly, so caught up, so with force? One pastor said, and I loved it, he says, it is the Lord's ultimate rescue operation. And if Satan knew the time and the day that Jesus was coming, he would fight even harder. But the, I believe that the, Satan does understand that the end times are near. And you say, man, that sounds scary that the Lord's going to return, and how do you know? Well, look at verse 18. There's encouragement. There's hope here. Rapture talk. Look, it says, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Families. This is a family service. There are going to be family until we have kids ministry back. But listen, families, you should be talking about this. Encouraging, not scary, not freaked out like I was at camp and, uh, and uh, thought I was going to miss it. But we should be talking about these things and having discussions and what does it mean and all these types of things. Now, when we talk about prophetic words, we also, you, know, you say, well, where does it apply? Did Jesus ever talk about this? Because I think that would be important. Well, absolutely he did. In fact, we said when you talk about prophetic scripture, it should always lead back to Jesus. But let's look at a few ideas here. Luke chapter 12, verse 40. Jesus is saying to be watchful. Look what it says. You also must be ready. 
For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. That's Jesus' word in the red letters. And again, he was with them. He had talked about going away and that he was going to come back again. John 14, 1 through 3, Jesus is telling his disciples, this is at the last hour, at the night he was betrayed. He promised to them, look what he says, let not your hearts be troubled, because they're wondering what is going on. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go to a place to prepare for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, look at this, I will come again. He's coming again. And I will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be, or you may be also. I love that. There's a promise from Jesus himself saying, look, you can take it to the bank. I'm coming back for you. He's coming back. There's one other section of Scripture I want to encourage you to read. We're not going to take the time to get into it. It's too long. But Luke chapter 17, verses 24 through 37. Those of you that want some extra credit or you're curious or really want to dive in deep, and it talks about meeting up in the air. It talks about one day. It's not a period of time. It's, it happens in a moment, and uh, there's some great verses there. And we actually we'll get around those uh, in the next few weeks. You say, well, why is this? Why would there be a rapture? Well, we've already seen in a lot of the verses we read that we will see a uniting with Jesus forever. In fact, I believe the core reason that human beings were formed were so that we could spend an eternity with Jesus, to worship Him and to be with Him. That's why you were, exist, you were created. That's a part of your core essence. But I believe there may be another avenue of why Jesus would rapture his people, take those in the grave, take those that are living. And I believe it could be that he wants to save those that are living from wrath, the tribulation, the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist, before the final second coming, the final judgment. And there's a few verses around that that I want us just to talk about here for a second. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 says, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So they're giving a testimony, saying, Hey, this is good. You're, you come to the Lord. To, and to wait for His Son from heaven, who has raised from the dead Jesus, who delivers us, in bold, right, from the wrath to come. Jesus is coming for his bride. No groom would wait or, or put their bride, if they had the opportunity to protect, would let them go through what we're going to study in the next few weeks about the tribulation. I believe that. He's saving us from wrath. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 uh, so after chapter 4 comes 5, it's a continuation of thought that we read earlier. It says, Now concerning, concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. You've probably heard that. The fast in the twinkling of an eye, 1 Corinthians. While people are saying there is peace and security, which certainly could describe our day 
and sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains, like we talked about last week. There will be an increasing of wars, increasing of famine, increasing of these uh, terror and deception. will come upon them like a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light. He's talking to the church, those that have given their hearts to him. For all... Uh, for you are all like children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who are, get drunk, do so at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of the hope of salvation. And then verse number 9, look what it says. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, so whether we're dead or alive, we might live with Him. He'll snatch us away. Therefore, encourage one another. Build each other up, just as you're doing. One other verse, Luke chapter 21, and I know there's been a lot of verses here. It says, be watchful, right? But watch yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down, right? And uh, verse 36, but stay awake at all times, praying that you might have the strength. What? Look what it says. To escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Why is Jesus going to rapture his church? Certainly to gather the church. So that he, they will be, or we will be with him. But also, I believe he will save us from the worst, most incredible terror that the world has ever seen. You think it's bad today. I don't believe we've even scratched the surface when we start talking about the tribulation in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, and so I believe the Lord will take his bride before it comes to that point. Now, I understand some of you are saying, I'm not so sure, Pastor, or that's not what I learned when I was growing up, or that's not what I've studied. And again, I, this is the view, I think there's scripture to, to back it up, and I believe that this is sound uh, teaching, and I believe that it can be an encouragement to us. When we talk about the rapture, and I know it's a family service, I think we should also talk about kids, right? And uh, Pastor Rachel, I told her I was going to do this, and she said, don't scare the kids. And, uh, and I don't, certainly don't want to scare anybody. Uh, in fact, I believe that there, this is an encouragement. This is, a, this is awesome. Now, when you talk about rapture, or, you know, I kid around saying, hey, we should do rapture practice, right? And uh, after service, you know, if you meet me in the lobby, kids, I can tell you how to leave your clothes just right and uh, go hide and, and scare your brother or sister or, 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 or parents. You can scare your kids. No, no, don't do that. Um, but, uh, but there is some something to it. You know, when you say, will kids be raptured, then it leans to the point, well, will there be kids in heaven? Will there be kids in hell? And then your mind starts to spin and then say, well, at what age does a child need to repent or turn to the Lord? And really, there's some great uh, research. There are some that believe it's at the age of 13 that a child, a young man or a young woman would be responsible and kind of lining up with the Jewish uh, calendar for a kind of coming of age, and certainly there's some thoughts around there. My heart, and this is 
my opinion. I, I was a kid's pastor like Pastor Rachel before I served here as lead pastor. And I just believe that when a child understands their sin nature, it's at that point they need to give their heart to Jesus. They need to respond and say, I'm sorry, Lord, save me. And so whether you're, you know, four years old like my sister was or nine years old when I gave my heart to the Lord, when I understood that, I, my grandma, she led me to the Lord, she walked me through Scripture, and I gave my heart to Jesus. And so I want to just talk to the, far- to the families, parents that are here, your kids, when they understand their depravity, their sin nature, that they've done some things wrong, that they need a Savior, someone to save them, to forgive them of their sin. And by the way, you can't do it for them. At that point, you should be encouraging them to to respond to a salvation call or lead them yourself uh, to Jesus and to do that. We call that the age of accountability. And, uh, And so that's my opinion. And so my opinion is in regards to the rapture is if the rapture happened and you were living and your child did not reach the age of accountability where they had that opportunity, I absolutely believe that your child would go to heaven. There's not a shadow of doubt in my mind. But once your kid has come to a point, or a child has come to a point of, of uh, accountability, they need to make a decision because you want them to be caught up with Jesus. Amen? No one left behind. And so, Lord, help us in those, con- in those things. You say, man, that sounds scary. Uh, or that, that sounds, uh, you know, like, man, I'm not so sure I want the rapture to happen, right? Uh, in fact, this week I did an unofficial um, time, a, a survey. I was asking a ton of people, are you looking forward to the rapture? Are you looking forward to the rapture? And some would say yes, others would say no, and some were like, I'm not sure. And I just want to encourage you, these are encouraging topics. The rapture, that the Lord's coming back, that is an encouragement for us. And if you're not looking forward to the rapture, I thought maybe there's one of three things that may be uh, tripping you up. Number one, you may not understand the enormity of Jesus coming back for the church. And I encourage you to get into God's Word and to continue to study, continue to to, uh, have revelation knowledge. The second, it's possible, if you're not excited for the rapture, that you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior. And maybe you're online and you're tuning in and you're like, yeah, that describes me. And I'm not looking, to the ra- looking forward to the rapture. Or the third reason is if you're not looking forward to the rapture, maybe you don't believe it as a reality. And I just would encourage you at that point, dive into Scripture. Take notes over these next several weeks. Watch or listen to these messages again. Find some good, trusted resources and dive in and really know for yourself what uh, the Lord is saying through his scripture. The other thing that we are not going to take time this morning to talk about, but there's a real sense when you talk about the rapture, we should talk about what happens if you don't get caught up in your living when the rapture happens. And we will talk about that when we talk about the tribulation. And, and uh, there are lots of resources in regards to what to do if uh, you are not raptured and you're still living. The bottom line, what I really want us to know today 
is that Jesus is coming. He promised it. The Word talks about it. The end is near. I believe we're living in the end days, in the end times. And these are absolutely the, the days we should be watching for to be watchful. Uh, I really like that uh, in Mark 13, which we'll get back to next week, there are eight warnings to stay away or to stay alert or stay ready or to be watching. And I believe that we are in that season. And to me, that does not bring fear. It brings comfort. It brings peace when you know what is going to happen. When you answer the question, is this the end, and you understand. And the way I ended last week was I had two questions, one for the believers in the house, one for the unbelievers, those that don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. And I'd like to close in the same fashion today. I'm going to flip it, though. I'm going to talk to those of you that are online, those in the overflow room, those that are sitting here in front of me. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, the question I have for you is, are you ready if and when Jesus returns? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Luke chapter 12, verse 40 says this, You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Are you ready? 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 and 2. I read it a little earlier, but I want to read it again. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. We don't know when it's going to happen. Are you ready? Do you know Jesus? One more verse, Revelation 16, verse 15. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake or stays alert, the one who is ready, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and has so been exposed. Again, in Mark 13, we see eight times the warning, be ready, be ready. And if you are here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, in just a moment we're going to lead you in a sinner's prayer. And I believe that the Lord is drawing many in this season. And He's also going to use you. And that really, if, for those of you that are already believers, and that leads me to the, to the second question. The second question is, who are you telling about Jesus? And I'm serious. Six weeks, or, or maybe six or seven weeks before this message, preparing... Uh, when I, before I preached last week and ended with the same question, who are you telling about Jesus? I realized that I looked over the last season of my life, I had not told anybody about Jesus. I hadn't talked about the rapture uh, unless it was just with the staff. Um, and I'm ashamed of that. But this last week I had an opportunity to share the gospel and, and uh, with a, a young man that uh, he uh, is in process, and he's not 100% sure what, uh, what it's all about, but we had a great conversation, and the Lord, yeah, it just, I was convicted that I need to be sharing. And I just want to encourage you. The reason we would talk about the end times is for you and for me to ask these questions. And so what I'd like us to do right here, right now, 
is to turn to someone that's close to you. And if you're by yourself, maybe turn around or different things. Just, and I want you to ask the question of your neighbor. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a, one of your kids. Or maybe it's a, a sibling, whatever, or just a friend. Or maybe it's a neighbor that you don't know. But ask them the question, who are you telling about Jesus? Let's just do that right now. Who are you telling about Jesus this week? Who are you telling about Jesus? Who are you telling about Jesus? Mom, who are you telling about Jesus? 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 After first service, one of the ladies that was here out in the parking lot, she said, Pastor, I'm not sure I'll tell anybody this week about Jesus. She says, I don't know how to do it. Everyone I, I'm around, they feel like they've got it all together. And I encouraged her. I said, well, okay, maybe you bring it a different direction and maybe you talk about the rapture <laughs> and, uh, and say, hey, have you ever heard about the rapture? Or this is something we're studying. There are ways that the Holy Spirit will help you, will guide you, and will f- help facilitate conversations around this question. Who are you telling about Jesus? And I just believe that this week, God's going to use you. And so I want to pray for the believers here. And then we'll come back for those that maybe haven't made a decision. But let's pray for those of us here first. Lord, that you would do a mighty work. The promise is that you're coming back, and we want to be ready, and we want others to know as well. Lord, burn into our hearts, into our minds, conversations around this discussion. Lord, use us. Use me. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be fruitful in seeing the lost to be found in this crazy season in Jesus' name. Now with your head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here and maybe you don't know the Lord, or maybe you're online or in the overflow room and you're saying, man, I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior. I want to lead you in a prayer. It's a sinner's prayer. It's not the words of this prayer that will save you. It's really a belief in your heart, but putting your faith, your trust in Jesus. And this prayer can be your prayer. You can say it with me or after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong, for the sin in my life. And right now, I give my heart to you I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again. And I believe, after seeing it in the Word today, that you're coming back. And Jesus, I want to be with you. Save me. Set my feet on the rocks. I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. I want everyone to stand right where you are as we prepare to exit. Uh, For those of you that are just back with us for the first time, or maybe you're a first-timer here, we're going to dismiss from the back to the front. But I want you to know that when you leave these doors, 
when you walk out of these doors, you are walking into a mission field. There are people that you're going to rub shoulders with even today that need to hear about Jesus. And I just want you to pray or with me. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing, a benediction, that the Lord would go before you, behind you, and around you as you go in His name, that He's going to use you. How many believe, with me, come on, let me see your hands, that God can use you in this season? Absolutely. Father, I pray that you would just anoint us for the task at hand, that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. We thank you for this. We give you the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Practice a little rapture practice with your family. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.